NFL reactions with the sports memory. So week eight of the NFL season is in the books. And uh, once again, teams that we thought uh, we knew all about. The NFL keeps dealing some surprises. Uh, the Vikings yeah. beat the Packers 28-22. to uh, What were you guys' thoughts on that game? Like, I completely unexpected. In Green Bay, beat the Packers. So, I, I thought this uh, this is kind of the Packers team that I was expecting in the beginning of the season. Uh, so, I wasn't confident in the Packers' defense. They definitely aren't uh, a team that's going to stop the run well. And, and, you know, Vikings took advantage of that. Dalvin Cook was an absolute beast. Um, but when, I, when, the season, uh, when the season started, I thought that the Packers were only going to go as far as our defense let them. Uh, and then they outperformed. They were score, outscoring their defensive problems, and they looked really good. They looked like one of the best teams in the NFL. And then the Vikings kind of bring them back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think just the tail of the tape is pretty easy on this. Delvin Cook took over that game. He was the he was the best player on the field, and his play was able to keep Minnesota on the script that they knew they had to do to win that game. Uh, I think it's as I think it's as easy as that. When when you were able to run the ball, make explosive plays, you're you're going to do really well. I I think Minnesota. Uh, pl- by far played their best game of the year and, and kind of showed what we were hoping to see all year from them. Uh, the question I got for you, Drew, is it too little too late there in Minnesota? Oh, it's, it's definitely too little too late, and they, they aren't a good enough team. So there's been three teams that have made the playoffs after starting out 1-5. and five. Uh, The last team to do it was the Colts. Uh, I think it was eight years ago. Um, this isn't that team. This isn't a team, you know, they don't have, like, some dominant defense or some edge. Uh, they arguably have the best running back in the league. Uh, he looked spectacular last week. I mean, to say he's just phenomenal is ridiculous. But like we were saying right before we launched this, um, if you can just keep Kirk Cousins throwing, you know, 15 passes a game, the Vikings are going to win all day. As long as the running game is going for the Vikings. The problem is if Dalvin Cook pulls a hammy like he did in the Seattle game, they just can't keep up. I mean, Dalvin Cook drives that offense. And if they can stop Dalvin Cook or if Dalvin Cook leaves the game for whatever reason, uh, they have no chance. The defense is nothing special. Uh, they were able to, you know, g- be just effective enough against Rodgers. But, yeah, no, this team's not going anywhere. Um, but on the other side of the ball, you know, the, it was two spectacular performances, one that's getting buried because they lost. But Devontae Adams, my God, just an absolute freak player. Yeah. Him and, and Rodgers are, are on the same page, like, all the way. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those routes, especially down the end zone, like, you could tell that it didn't matter what the other nine guys were doing. It was just those two guys in a vacuum, and they were going to score. You, you know what, Drew? I was so high on Minnesota coming into the season. Same. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay on it. Just looking at their schedule, they have a very favorable schedule. And looking at who's ahead of them in the standings, I think they're better than Washington, Carolina, Detroit, San Francisco, Chicago. I think it's going to come down to two of these three teams are going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be between Arizona, Los Angeles Rams, and Minnesota. I think those three teams battle it out. And right now, obviously, Minnesota's on the outside looking in. But what have the Rams and Chicago done to to show you that they're anything better than a 500 team? Yeah, especially with the expanded playoff field. Um, yep. Some of those, some of those, you know, historical stats on you know no team that started with this record's made the playoffs. Got to go a little bit of a grain of salt right now because it's an expanded field. Yeah, honestly, that's a good point, uh, especially with the expanded, you know, extra team. You never know. 
but I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm such a fatalist when it comes to the Vikings <laughs> set. I, I'll fucking, I'll always count on them screwing it up, and I'm sure they will. Uh, they're one of these yeah. teams that, yeah, they looked good. They looked good against Seattle a couple weeks ago, and then they came out and shit the bed against the Falcons. So who even is this team? Um, until right. they show me that they can string together a couple, a couple games, uh, I can't possibly believe them. Believe in them. And speaking of stringing together a couple games, uh, the Raiders, <laughs> Raiders Browns, Raiders win it sixteen to six. We talked about it just last week, Brandon, on this podcast. Uh, the Browns, man, Baker Mayfield, the dude cannot put together two games to save his life. Was that not the most predictable performance you've ever seen? Like. There's going to be a lot of teams we cover on this this overreaction pod. They're like, yeah, we don't know who they are. We we have no idea what they're going to do week to week. Baker is so predictable. If you couldn't see that coming, you haven't watched enough tape of Baker Mayfield. Um, he fools and, and now, me all the time, though. He fools me all the time. Like Odell Beckham, when Odell Beckham looked left, all of a sudden I was like, well, maybe, maybe Baker's a different player without OBJ. I was like, maybe it was just like a locker room trauma. He has it in his head all the time that OBJ always wants the ball. I was like, maybe without OBJ, the chemistry is going to be different. And they can string together some games, but nope. He's Baker Mayfield. He sucks. Again, I, I mean, again, I don't want to get too ahead and be schedule hunting, but their next game is against the Texans. I guarantee he lights that defense up. <laughs> and, and then what are we going to be saying again? Maybe the Browns are good. Yeah. It, it, again, it, it, we're just going to do this. And, uh, you know, I, I I had them as six and ten. I think at best they maybe go seven and nine, eight and eight. But again, this is just what you're going to get with Baker. Right. Yeah. The bigger question is what's up with the the Raiders? Like this is another team that I just cannot evaluate. Can either one of you two have any read on this team? No, no. I, I mean, they again, it's it, they suffer from the same syndrome. But I think theirs is more coaching related, where they can't put together. Uh, multiple weeks like they can beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead but then they you know they struggle against really bad teams um yeah I don't know who the oh, they're, they're, are. Lo- they're losing next week against the Chargers I yeah, mean yeah. that uh, I mean maybe. You know, Chargers will go up by 30 and then they'll give it <laughs> right. up in the fourth quarter exactly <laughs> and dude let's just ro- let's just move to that game man the Chargers lose to the Broncos I I've never been an Anthony Lynn fan, but I, I know it's not always on the coaching staff, but this is on the coaching staff. What the fuck are they doing? Herbert looks like a fifth-year player already. He looks incredible. Sure, he threw a couple picks. He made some mistakes, but he just looks like the guy. Why can't the Chargers finish these games off? Not good. I mean, you hit it. It's, it, it's coaching. Uh, it's, it's a battle of who is more inept, Vic Fangio or... Or Anthony Lynn. Uh, I I predicted a couple weeks ago an overreaction show that Anthony Lynn will be fired. You and Marcus both said that you think they give him one more year. You they give them a give just because they're dumb, not because they <laughs> should give him another year. Because I think the Chargers organization is that terrible that they. Will oh, you get that legit reason, and you're going to build an entire off season around Herbert and see what he can do with a whole off season. I mean, you you and Marcus's logic made complete sense. I'm just saying I've seen enough out of Anthony Lynn that you just pull the ripcord. Uh, to to think you're going to get any kind of different results, they're 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 spiraling towards a Dan Quinn uh, Gator death roll here. Keep on keeping on going with with Anthony Lynn, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's just the inability to close out games like that is it's just coaching. And I know they don't run the ball very well. Um, I know that they they've tried to get Kelly going. They've tried to get uh, some other 
players besides, you know, obviously Eckler goes down, that hurts their running game. Um, but you have to have the ability to close it out. And if it's not running the ball, then you got to keep the, the ball moving, some, the, the clock moving some other way. You said Dan Quinn, which I, I love the comparison because they are similar coaches. Uh, they're very player-oriented coaches, um, and they shit the bed in the fourth quarter. Um, I, you know, I think that Anthony Lynn is a really likable guy. I'm certain that Dan Quinn is a really likable guy. But sometimes you just got to move past that. Like, likable doesn't win games. Look at Bill Belichick, the least likable human being to ever live. <laughs> I mean, could you constantly, like, imagine going to Bill Belichick's house for, like, a day party, you know, and, he, and he's, he's, he's like, oh, can I get you some snacks? Like, it's going to be really uncomfortable. He's going to serve you some bad snacks. Uh, you're you're going you're gonna to look for a reason to leave after, like, five minutes. And he's going to give you a Doritos bag that's, like, 80% eight, and there's just yep. mostly crumbs at exactly. there. <laughs> and this is what you're going to have. This, he's this he's is... going to offer you an old tub of hummus that's been in the fridge, not because he wants to give you the hummus, because he wants to get rid of the hummus, and you're there. Um, yes, no, but those are the guys that win Super Bowls. Dan Quinn, who's going to invite you over, he's, you're going to do some keg stands in his garage. You're going to play some pool in his man cave downstairs. You, you're never going to win. All right, this is getting a little ridiculous. I'm getting a little Colin Cowherd there, and I, I, I hate myself for it. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, 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 did, well, let's just briefly touch on touch on the on on the Broncos. There, did did Drew Locke show you you anything in that game at all? Like, are we are we gleaning anything away from him putting up thirty points? Like, is is could he is his ceiling Baker Mayfield? Could could he become a Baker Mayfield boomer bust type player, or does Drew Locke just suck? It's a low bar. It's a really low bar. Uh, it's hard to tell. I mean, I think there's a, a large percentage of quarterbacks that come in the league have the raw tools, and it really comes down to development and coaching. You look at you know Blake Bortles. You look at uh, some of the guys that are in that mold. Who's the guy at Missouri? Um, uh, right before that, same that went to Jacksonville. I can't think of, but uh, you, you see players that could go either way. I think Daniel Jones is very much that way, where there's so much raw talent and ability there. Um, Josh Allen could be the same way, but if it's not in a system that, that works to their skill set and there isn't a coaching staff that develops them, they're going to turn into nothing. They're going to wash out Sam Darnold, those kind of guys. Um, and that's the majority of quarterbacks. It's kind of that middle tier of the quarterbacks. You look at, you know, what's in between 12 and, and 25 from a quarterback standpoint, ranking wise. And it's a bunch of guys that in the right system could probably be really good quarterbacks, um, but aren't in, and have those up or down some weeks it clicks, some weeks it doesn't. And I think that, Drew Locke's just that guy. Yeah, he's the just, difference just between guy. Drew Locke and Daniel Jones is I don't think I don't think Daniel Jones really has the weapons, especially with Saquon Saquon being out. Uh, I think I think Drew Locke, you know, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, you know, I, he's got weapons around him to to raise sure. his play, which is why I sort of made the Baker Mayfield because he has options and also just the way they play, how they scramble out of the pocket, kind of their build, their demeanor. Everything that Drew Locke screams to me, uh, Baker Mayfield light. Um, I mostly just think Drew Locke is, is really bad. I, I was disappointed. I thought Denver could be something. Obviously, I figured Corton Sutton into yeah. the, the thing. I, I figured Von Miller into the equation. So mostly, I, mean, I think I'm just jaded because uh, I, I, I had higher hopes for Denver. I don't know if it's it's just the Denver thing, um, but for some reason, I just get such a Jay Cutler vibe off Drew Locke. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, you know, big arm, but just doesn't like care enough. Right, they <laughs> Definitely like, a don't give a fuck attitude. Yeah. <laughs> they look like the D bag for uh, frat guy for one thing, but I don't, exactly. I don't necessarily agree that drew lock has that much better weapons than Daniel Jones. I mean, Noah fan has been uh, in and out of injury all year. Uh, they lose their best wide receiver this year in Cortland Sutton. Um, uh, Jerry Judy has really not been all that great. I mean, if, if you really look at his weapons, it's Tim Patrick and, uh, I mean, I mean, sorry. Um, if you look at their weapons comparing them, I mean, it's really not that much better. Ingram for, for, for the Giants, a, a great tight end. So I don't yeah, necessarily I, agree I think that. Locke definitely has the benefit of an actual running game, though. Right. Um, where with Saqu- Saquon going down, they don't have that in New York. I mean, I, I, well, who's their leading rusher last night? Was uh, was it Alfred Daniel Morris? Jones? Was it Daniel Jones? Or from a from a running back standpoint, I think it was Alfred Morris. Like if if you going into this year, if I tell you in the offseason, Alfred Morris is going to be the leading rusher against a Tom Brady led Buccaneer team, you're going to be like, what? It, like what Twilight Zone alternate reality are we in? Sure. No, Wayne Wayne Gallman outrushed him by a whopping sixteen yards. Did he? Oh, he got he caught up with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, just the fact that Alfred Morris is on NFL roster in 2020, I was like, that is so 2020. Well, guys, Things I didn't know until yesterday. Let's talk about the game that all Yinzers are jizzing about right now. Uh, the Steelers take down the Dirty Birds in Baltimore, which has been a struggle for them uh, since pretty much the John Harbaugh-Tomlin rivalry has gone on. Uh, they take them down. Uh, let's get the, the Yins take first, and then we'll, t- we'll get a real take. Honestly, it was oh, shut the fuck up. Uh, it was honestly the the most impressive performance I've seen out of the Steelers in in a couple of years. And I'm trying not to be hyperbolic here, but the Baltimore just absolutely dominated the way Pittsburgh dominated against Tennessee in the first half of that game. Ball control, efficiency, get it, the defense getting off the field quickly. Baltimore put on an absolute clinic. And and one thing, and I don't want to turn this into a Harbaugh versus uh, versus uh, Tomlin debate, but Harbaugh's mostly won the the coaching adjustments, the game planning advantage, and Tomlin just drew whatever he drew up in the second half worked. Um, they stopped blitzing and started playing more zone coverage. Uh, they started. They got away from the run. They completely abandoned the run and just went from going four to five wide. Uh, I think I love what they're doing, lining Ebron up as just a straight wide receiver. In the beginning beginning of the season, they, they were putting Eric Ebron as like a, a down tight end, and they've, they have they got away from that, and it's those two are really starting to click. And Ben just did his – played his old go- cowboy gunslinger. It's the most impressive game Ben has had all year, and – you know, it. A lot of people were like, "Who, who have they beat? Who have they beat? Who have they beat?" They've handily beat the Browns. They clung on, but still won on the road against Tennessee, and and they they've shown an ability to to dominate Lamar now three games in a row. So um, I, I I don't see how any other team uh, right now can feel better in the AFC uh, than than the Steelers. Yeah, dude, I, I, I've loved the Steelers since the beginning of the year. I still love them. Uh, their, their schedule has been soft, but they've beat every opponent they can beat, and that's all they can really do in the NFL. Um, their run Tennessee defense, couldn't do it against Cincy. I mean, there, there's countless examples of, I, of teams laying an egg. I called it out in our Wednesday pod that the Steelers were going to were gonna beat the Ravens because uh, they match up the best 
with Lamar Jackson. I think they also match up really good with Patrick Mahomes. And that's the ultimate question for the Steelers this year. Can they yep. beat the Chiefs? For every AFC team, it's not about, you know, how good you are within your division. It's can you beat the team the Chiefs in the playoffs? And I think the Steelers can. Um, they can put the pressure on him. Uh, they can hold him down. Uh, their secondary has to make some improvements before that happens. But I, I love the Steelers, man. I, I think they're, they're what, that wide receiving core is just unreal. If Big Ben can just make less mistakes, which I think he made just, you know, I, I said it in our pod last Wednesday, if he can just hold it down and not throw three interceptions in this game like he did the prior game, they're going to win. So. You took it one step ahead of that. You said if Ben doesn't turn the ball over, the Steelers will win. Yeah. What happened? Ben didn't turn the ball over and the Steelers won. Right. Sometimes we overcomplicate football. Sometimes it's just as easy as that. Sure. Um, don't don't turn the ball over if you're a good. Don't beat yourself and you'll win the game. Right. Yep. Yeah, definitely. They match up well against Baltimore. Um, having Watt on the second level can can really help contain and if you force Lamar to be one-dimensional and really just win a game with his arm, he, he doesn't do that at a very high rate. Um, that's the issue he's run to in the playoffs. You know, typically better teams, better defenses, more time to scheme, um, and he's struggled with that. I definitely think that it's either Pittsburgh or the Chiefs. Um, I, I know the Chief, the Pittsburgh has, has struggled to cover tight ends, um, so that's really a, a deciding factor in that matchup, but I think the Steelers that are is very most- true. Evan Ingram had a good game. Noah Fant had a good game. Yeah. They held they held Mark Andrews completely down. Mark Andrews didn't do anything, and, and Mark Andrews is, is an elite tight end. But he's struggled but yeah, he, all he, year, he, though. But he, he's but he's not Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and, and Andrews has not been good this year. He's not had yeah. put up nearly the year he did last year. So, um, yeah, I I still think the Steelers are probably the the most complete team. They are. Yeah. To, to, to answer your not. to answer your question about can they beat the Chiefs. Uh, they they have 30 sacks this year. That 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 is over four sacks a game. When you can put that kind of pressure, and they turned Lamar over four times and got him to lose the ball five. Anytime you can create turner turnovers and pressure like that, that's that's how you beat elite teams. And and that's why I think they can absolutely beat the Chiefs. And Drew, we talked about it uh, about baseball, but. Not having that Chiefs stadium rocking and rolling, I think, what is also could could be another reason. You know, going into Arrowhead with that stadium, that's really tough. Yeah, but we're talking right. about January in Missouri, right? <laughs> Probably going to be 100 percent crowds, man. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> the NFL is not governing any of that, so we're talking about January in Missouri. Just saying, we could we could definitely see crowds. I don't think there'll be full crowds. That would be fucking nuts, but. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, it's Missouri, after all. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest surprises of last week um, is the Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins winning 28-17 to against the Rams. I said on our pod last week that the Dolphins were one of my favorite upsets this week. Did not did. think they were going to do it the way they did. With Tua throwing for a whopping 93 yards, an awful, just a dreadful uh, start to his career. But the Dolphins, with an incredible special teams, incredible defense, um, you got to give it up to the Dolphins. They're 4-3, and three and they look good. If Tua can get it together, this team, this team could be scary. Uh, the fact that they do it on all phases, um, especially having a dynamic and, and uh, 
a special teams that can play a factor is huge. There's not a lot of teams this year who are doing a whole lot on special teams. We've seen a lot uh, around just miscues, blocked punts, blocked field goals, miss extra points. I think I think uh, Gutskowski's missed like seven or eight extra points. He missed so, another field goal this week. He's he's fucking terrible. But the ability for them to, to really dominate all three phases is, I think, it's what's going to make them uh, a contender. And I, I really think that they could. I don't have faith in Josh Allen holding it down. Um, if Miami can win despite Tua not looking good, I'm, I'm sure he'll look better than that the rest of the way. I, I, st- I definitely like them to win that division. Sure. You'd like them to win the division this year? They're in a good spot. They're what good an spot overreaction. What an overreaction. I think it is. I I think definitely the Bills are still far and away. I, I don't think you can expect the Bills that kind barely of beat New England, team. who is terrible, yep. and they also barely beat the Jets. But you know, there there there's a theme there. They're barely winning, but the the key thing there is winning. Yep. Uh, you the, the the Dolphins won't put up another special teams and defensive performance like that again this year. I think with Miles Gaskin out, with Devontae Parker being injury riddled, and Tua showed absolutely nothing. I think that was more of a outlier their their performance. I think that's just one of the freak unlucky performances that's unfortunately happened week to week in the NFL. Dude, the Bills got absolutely railroaded by the Titans. It wasn't even close. And now the Titans are looking like a very, very fallable team. Uh, the Chiefs beat them, not by a tremendous margin, but they beat them handedly. Uh, I agree that I think the Dolphins are weirdly the most talented team in that division. Um, if Tua can get it together, which I think he will, by the way, I am not off the Tua train by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't think he's going to be spectacular this year. He's not going to be Herbert. He's not going to be Burrow. But I think he can be just good enough. He can be better than Fitzpatrick this year. Um, they won three games with Fitzpatrick. I think they can win games with Tua going forward. Um, yeah, I, they're playing the Cardinals this week. We'll get into it more in, in other other bot podcasts. But that line's only at four, which in the home team gets three. Like, uh, yeah, I I think I think even does Vegas. Does the home team still get three this year with no crowds? Is that yeah. a, just a decent? No. It's a cliche thing to say. So let yeah. me have. Let me fucking <laughs> okay. have. Okay. Dude, the, the, the Pats losing in that game against the Bills, uh, they only lose by three points. Um, I called it out that I thought the Pats were going to win that game. They almost did. But the Pats at two and five, I mean, they're officially tanking at this point, right? I mean, B- Bill Bill. I don't know if they're, I don't, honestly, I don't know if they are tanking. They're just, a, they're a bad team. Yeah, they are. I, I, I don't, uh, even if they want to win, I just, they don't have the personnel. Right. Um, they, they're dealing with injuries. Sony Michelle's out for the year. They've had a couple guys go on IR. They started the season with the most opt-outs uh, for COVID-19. They had eight players opt-out, including Dante Hightower uh, and Marcus Cannon. So, you know, two big-time starters there. They're just not a good roster. Right. Uh, they're they're already thin at the wide receiver position. Edelman's out. Um, I mean, they had you know, Jacoby this, Myers a, running around. Is this around. a little bit of... Bill just thinking too much of himself to roll a season into this, like because it what, seems like they went half ass in, right? They went half ass in. They they went out and got Cam Newton, but they didn't put anything else around him. They knew players were opting out, yet they didn't scour the cut and and free agent wire. Like it just seems like. It, but who were so? Who were the big NFL free agents that you think they should have went and got that went somewhere else? Uh, off the top of my head, I, I can't. I can't think of any guys. There's not. <laughs> there aren't any. But, there, but it's trades not like, were happening all season, and Bill's a trade master. I mean, this right, is the most why, trade I can think of in an NFL season, and Bill stayed quiet. So, so you're you have you have job security. 
Uh, you will never get fired. You can end your career in New England as many years from now as you want. You're also the coach and GM. You have a system that's been in place, and you don't have the pieces for that system, and you are starting to hold down eight players. And you already have a depleted war chest because you've, you've made moves. You've been picking at the back half of the round for the last two decades. Why dump a bunch of assets into the season? Yeah. Then why go out and get Cam Newton? Why not just roll with Jared? They paid Stam? him $2 million. And it, it make yeah, they're, they're, it's not like they're paying him a tremendous amount. No, I agree. Sometimes you got to suck to be good in the NFL, and this is a perfect time for the Patriots to suck. I do agree. That it doesn't appear that they're tanking, but I, I really think they should. All right, guys, I got to wrap this up, but I do want to talk. I want to touch on this game because it was horrible. It was one of the worst games of the year. Uh, the, the Bucks just barely slide past the Giants. Um, and speaking of a team that, I don't know, I was just saying on the pod last week, I thought the Bucks were the best team in the NFC. Let me walk that back just straight away. Um, I'm going to just touch on a few points in this. Ugly, ugly, ugly game. Uh, both sides, really. Um, the Bucks were so bad, so inept in the first half. That's very scary. They've looked like that at times of this year, um, particularly against the Saints week one. We haven't really seen them be that bad since then. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I take that back. Against the Chargers in the first half. They've been really bad in the first halves of multiple games this year. Uh, but my biggest takeaway this game is Leonard Fournette, the starter in Tampa going forward. I think he has to be. Oh, man. I mean, Rojo has just been atrocious the past couple weeks. He can't catch the ball. No. And if you can't catch the ball, you can't be a running back in a Tom Brady offense. True. Unless you're getting your designed run plays and you're only getting 10% of the snaps. That's a thing. Plenty of guys have done that. Um, But you can't be a big part of that offense if you can't catch the football. Yep. So from a fantasy perspective, if you have some guy that doesn't know what they have in Fournette out there in a league – Go out and get get him because he hasn't put up impressive weeks the last two weeks. He's put up like 14 points and 10 points. I think he's the legitimate bona fide starter in fantasy going forward. So if you have an idiot in your league, go get go trade him for Leonard Fournette before he realizes what he has. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bucks are two very questionable calls away from at least going to overtime, if not losing that game. Um, that, that defensive personal foul for lowering the helmet was... Probably one of the worst calls I've seen uh, this entire bad. season. It's like, the guy's bracing, and if anybody lowered the helmet there, it's Cameron Bray. Right, like, the guy is bracing for contact, and then I'm surprised they pick up that they pick up that flag uh, for pass interference. That's one of those things where if you throw the if you throw the flag, there was, you saw something at live speed. Um, so, so to go back and say, oh, there was an interference, he wasn't prevented from getting from catching the ball. Uh, it's close. It's a bang bang play. I think you go with whatever happens in the field, but to pick that flag up on the same sideline that they didn't pe- pick up a flag for that personal foul, I thought was a little. Um, it's you know it's disappointing. You want to see consistency, even if it, even if it's bad across the board. You just want to see consistency. Sure. All right, guys. Well, I got to get out of here. Is there anything going on tonight? Um, anything happened in the world of no? We go to bed early. There, there's should, nothing should, to watch. Should I be quite night. I don't really know of anything going on tonight, so I think I'm just going to go have a nice, relaxing <laughs> night with my wife. Uh, go out to eat. Um, nothing really going on in the world of note. Nothing we really need to pay attention to. So I think I'm just going to go drink some wine and call it an early night. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> exactly. All right, All right guys. guys see have a good night. All right. See ya.